Charlie, the Bulldogs have got two flags now. I hate you. If you think we'll be insightful, clever or just well researched, we're here to say that's not the case. We'll just go out and wing it. We are two guys, one cup. It is Sunday, September the 10th. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. It's finals, baby. It's finals, baby. And we found out a question we posed, Charlie, mm. at the start of this season. We we asked the question of our listeners. We asked the question of our audience. We asked a question of a certain state of Australia that sometimes has an uncomfortable relationship with the rest of Australia. There's often talk of succession. There's often talk that the East Coast doesn't represent the West Coast. And we asked the question early in the season, who is the spiritual leader of the West Coast Eagles? And uh, yesterday we found out uh, Luke Shuey. Luke Shuey is the spiritual leader. The man who stepped up when they needed. The man who knew to shrug that shoulder tackle <laughs> up into his neck. <laughs> the Joel Selwood it up. <laughs> That's your spiritual leader. The guy who knows to drop slightly at the knees <laughs> and win that free kick at the pivotal moment. Luke Shuey, come on down, spiritual leader of West Coast. Did you notice when he went for that shot for goal, there was a real kind of like deja vu moment where he had that little laugh. Like, yep. And did that remind you of Isaac Smith the year before? Yeah. Where Isaac had the little laugh? And then Isaac missed. And then he wasn't laughing. It's was like, hey, who's laughing now, Isaac? Danny McGinley's at first banner for the next week. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was one of those moments. He, he actually described on the AFL website. I'll see if I can play it, but he actually, uh, if I can find it, but he, he he was interviewed about that moment. Here we go. Uh, the headline is Cool Hand Luke. I couldn't nah. help but laugh. Right. Okay. So uh, let's have a look here. Uh, Australian internet speed. So it will take just a tiny little bit of time for it Shuey to come Shuey Lewis up here. is in the news. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. See, Shuey. Just in itself, like you know, yeah. Daniel Ricardo keeps doing the shoey. You know, yeah, the, yeah. like do people do the shoey for shoey? They must. That's got to be a West now. Coast Eagle thing, right? Yes, it like, sounds very WA. I mean, surely people celebrated by doing shoeys. <laughs> like that's your shoey moment. It should be like shoey Monday or something for Luke Shoey. Uh, here we go, cool hand Luke. So um, this is written by Travis King on the AFL website. Smiling assassin Luke Shoey couldn't help chuckling to himself at the incredible situation as he lined up for his after-the-siren shot to snatch an epic illumination final victory over Port Adelaide. After four gut-busting quarters, by the way, Travis King laying on the mayo, <laughs> earning his dollars down at afl.com.au HQ. Uh, after four gut-busting quarters. Someone's got a thesaurus for Christmas. <laughs> and two periods of extra time. I mean, this does sound pretty impressive, though. Um, uh, it all came down to Shuey's boot at Adelaide Oval. And there the was West... no Shuey on his boot. Oh! And the West Coast star split the middle with the biggest kick of his career. This is Luke Shuey now. I had to think about the whole situation, to be honest. Yeah, no, fair enough. <laughs> That's That doesn't really shock me. Well, really? An AFL player having complex thoughts? Uh, going to overtime and having to kick after the siren. I couldn't help but laugh and have a little smile about the situ- situation. Uh, I guess I was trying to relax myself. So he laughed a to himself. Bit. I assumed he like someone had said something because the Isaac Smith one. My yeah. memory of that is he gave a little wink or something to a teammate. Like a teammate said something as he walked past, and he gave a little wink and a smile. I didn't realize that Shuey, 
Shui was just laughing to himself. Yeah, the just, absurdity of the situation. He was just like, oh, look at me. Look at me. Luke Shuey. Little Luke Shuey. Spiritual leader of the West Coast Eagles uh, with this situation. Uh, blocking out his utter exhaustion, Shuey calmly went through his goal-kicking routine and sent the Eagles into a semi-final showdown against the Giants. My head was pretty clear, Shuey said. I obviously knew the situation, but I've watched on over the last few years and seen guys have shots after the siren and always wondered what it would be like. But it's a bit different when you're in the moment. You're actually surprisingly pretty calm. Well, there you go. Well, you were. Yeah, you were. It's funny. I'm amazed. When I watched that, I watched that game live last night, and when he did go into his set routine, I thought he looked rushed. I was surprised. I thought he didn't take... I, I was, he just seemed very casual in his approach. Maybe that's the secret is to not put too much weight onto it. Just go, treat it like a normal kick for goal. Like you're at training. I mean, I guess that is the thing, right? Did you think, did you have that same feeling when you saw him? Well, uh, he, did you think he was going to kick it? I didn't watch it live. So right. I, I, I saw it knowing he had right, kicked right, it. Right. So, but yeah, I guess he just did look like, I'm just going to get on with this. I'm yeah. not going to give myself too much time. No. I've had a little laugh at my joke. Yeah. And now, <laughs> now I can move on. <laughs> told himself a really quick joke. But he didn't suck in the breaths or anything like that. He didn't do like the big over his haunches, pull the tongue of his boots, all that kind of stuff. He just seemed to kind of like, all right, now I'm going to kick a goal. Which, if you're a Port fan, must have made it even more kind of like heartbreaking. Did I you, mean... Did you get a chance to see the game yet? Yeah, I've seen the game. Oh, and- man. Like, bad kicking is bad footy, in the words of George Donikian. Oh, uh, I mean, it was one of those games, wasn't it, where for Charlie Dixon, <laughs> that could have just been... Like a completely different game. We yeah. could have been on this podcast today talking about uh, Charlie Dixon's come of age. Yeah, this is like Charlie's a new buddy Franklin. Like yeah. he could have had one of those all-time finals games. By the way, if you do have the replay still to watch, in the last quarter there is a close-up of the Port Adelaide crowd, and someone in the cheer squad has the banner "We love big dicks." <laughs> I almost took a photo of it to send to you, and I was like, no. We can talk about it. Did you see the Richmond banner? No. Oh, oh no. You, I saw Did that. you see the photo the I yellow, posted? The yellow phallus? The massive yellow <laughs> cock and balls in the yeah. middle of their banner? The wrinkly old <laughs> cock and balls in the middle of their banner. Did you? It's like, do it for Kevin Bartlett's cock. Yeah, I didn't see it at first and then had a good look. I'm like, oh, yeah, now oh, I see yeah. it. Now you see it. Once you see it, you <laughs> could not unsee it. <laughs> Come on, guys. It's like Led Zeppelin. He, mo- he posed for a mold. Well, they got two statues done. When they did a statue for out the front of the G, they also did one of his groin. He said, you can do the one outside the G of me handballing, but I've got another request. So, obviously, um, last week, we said, this is the Who Cares final. Yeah. And we were proving once again, we know our football. Well, no, it was more an insight, I think, into how we felt about it. They're just yeah. not two teams that we necessarily have the buy-in that yeah. we need to have. And still don't, to be honest. Like, I mean, West Coast... I tip my hat to you. Right. you. You've gone a lot further than I would I thought this year. I thought you lacked a bit of spine, a bit of guts, but I, you know, you've turned that around. You always were kind of quite bullish on West Coast. You thought that you've been saying all year they'll still play finals, all they I, could. Yeah, and I was hopeful. I think I don't know why. I can't really explain this to you because in the past I've had my moments where I've flirted with Port Adelaide. You know, yeah, but. There's something about, I think it's just because we've been talking about them on the podcast, to be honest. Yeah. I just feel like I have more of an investment in well, West JJK. Coast. Well, JJK. 
Right. And he was good last night. And Prittis, like whether yeah. he's a ro- the mystery of whether he's a robot or not. There's just been a few things that have sucked me in. And now, you know, doing shoeys for shoeys, yeah. it's three. That might be enough. If I, they bring Nick Nat back for the next match, I might lose my shit. I do love, there was a, a girl who follows us on Twitter who said she was at the game and she said every time Prittis got the ball, she yelled out, you don't even really surf! <laughs> To the confusion of the people around her. And then another girl followed up that tweet saying that she turned to her husband and said, you know he's not a real surfer. <laughs> I just love it. Surf life-saving. That's about as all we can prove yeah. is he has an interest in surf life-saving. Not surfing. Uh, yeah, so it was the it was, the other games were all a bit... Like, One-sided. I mean, the idea of... The, well, what people said about the buy based on one year's evidence that we had last year mm. was that it had led to the fact that, you know, for the first week of the finals, they were all great games. Uh, that did not prove to be true this round. No, it was very disappointing. I mean, I must admit, I did love watching the Richmond game. Like, it was yeah. just... Because... I mean, when Geelong came back, when they got within sort of eight points, I was like, oh, my, they couldn't, could they? But then when they actually put the foot down in the last quarter, it was so enjoyable. Like, um, I am like a card-carrying bandwagoner now for the Tiger train. Like, I want them to go all the way. Oh, they won't, but (laughs) I want them to, too. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, this is – and here's the thing. I'm certainly not claiming any credit for it, but – I think we felt like there was something special about Richmond this year. You know, we kept saying when people would say, oh, no, this is, it'll be Richmond this week and they'll bugger it up now. We both believed yeah, that there was story a bigger line. story still to come. And every bit of it just keeps building up and building up. It's just all going so well for them, Charlie. But they look They've got Dustin good. back and he's like good. signed for seven years and they're playing brilliant team football and, you know, they're doing it. Necess- they don't need the superstars. And the is fucking off, man. And the, the lid noise. is off. Charlie, the noise at the MCG. If yeah. that, like, if it had been at Etihad, they would have blown the lid off Etihad Stadium. Yeah, totally. It would not have been a stadium that had a roof anymore. It's crazy. Yeah. The Tiger Army is up and about, yeah. and there's still so many hurdles to come. <laughs> so many ways that it could still go wrong from here. I mean, can you imagine? If the grand final goes into extra time like the game did on the weekend, mm. can you imagine Richmond supporters, what they'd have to deal with if they have to go into extra time or even golden point oh, in wow. the AFL grand final? Oh, God, could it be golden point? That seems very Richmond. Very Richmond. That is almost like the essence of Richmond in a rule. Right. Next point wins. Well, to, it would be the perfect thing because if they got done by something that hadn't existed before, that's very Richmond. Yes. You know? Yeah. They're the first team to lose by a new rule. Well, the other thing is, Martin's still sitting on his one misdemeanor and he could get suspended for a week as well. Yeah. So there's still a couple of, you know, Game of Thrones style things in play yeah. where you're like, yeah, you've re-signed Dusty and yeah, he was unstoppable yeah. the other night and yeah. giving it to teammates and looks like the best player in the AFL by a All mile right. at the moment. But... All he has to do is jump and punch someone and he's going to miss a week of the finals. So to take the Game of Thrones analogy a step further. So just say they're Jon Snow. They're now, yeah. they're now king of the north. Yeah. They've united all their different factions. Sydney are the White Walkers. Right. They are coming. looked terrifying. Unstoppable. Like every player is a gun. Callum Sinclair is a gun. He couldn't get a game fucking 10 weeks ago. On the walls at Richmond it just says up on the chalkboard on the whiteboards, Sydney is coming. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like man, it is 
Like, I mean, because when you hear the stats, like in the last 18 games or something, they've lost to Hawthorne. Yeah. That's it. And they've just mowed down every single other mowed team. Mowed down. And they just keep looking better and better. I watched that first quarter, which was, you know, like yeah. Essendon were hanging in there. Well, they started Look, well, Essendon. Started really well. I mean, Joe. Massive hanger, fantastic! Right. What a gr- and loud! It seemed like a lot of Essendon supporters at the yeah. SCG. But then at the end of the first quarter, I made lunch, came back at the end of the second quarter, and Sydney had kicked like almost ten goals. It was insane. It was insane. It was one of the. I was watching it, and uh, first quarter, you know, Essendon started well, and then Sydney, you felt like they were working their way into it, but. Like, Buddy had just got a massive corky mm. and could barely, walk. like, walk. He was off. He got, like, a heat pack, like, strapped onto his leg. And yeah, jumped like, on the bike. Jumped on the bike, the whole thing. And you're like, okay, well, Buddy's it. That evens you know, it. If he's, that, this could, you know, really yeah. even up. And he went back on in the second quarter. And kicked the first two goals. like, four goals <laughs> yeah. in a quarter. And just essentially the game was over. Yeah, it was insane. It was, you, you got the feeling, it's like that scene in Fargo, you know, where the cop comes around the corner and, the, the big bad guy is just feeding the other guy into a wood chipper and he's just seeing like blood and bones. That's what they did to Essendon. I mean, it actually made me thankful that the Saints didn't make the finals because we would have made the bottom four of the eight. Chances are we could have played Sydney and they would have done that to us. And I think that could have completely mentally scarred our side. Well, it's one of those things where you look at it and they just... I mean, the thing about Sydney that's incredible, and I don't know how they do it really, is... They just keep producing. They've got like six debutants or something in that team. And you've got guys like Alia Alia and Tippett and stuff who aren't even playing, who <laughs> can't get in the team. And you're like, how do you just keep doing this? How do you? How are you always in the finals? Always pretty much like the best team. You started like literally like this is like a fucking sprinting race at stall. This season you started six games back from everybody else yeah. and you've just started mowing down people as you go. Yeah. They've clicked. Like, it's weird. I saw Luke Parker being interviewed and he was saying that they felt like throughout those six losses, even though they'd never been there before, they always felt like, oh, we're there for a quarter or we're there for a half. At least there's some effort. It's not catastrophic. Like, there is something in there that we just need to work on and extend for four quarters. And when it clicked, (laughs) oh, my God, it was like, it's like they've just got a reconditioned engine. They look fantastic. Remember Luke Parker? We were writing him off at the start of the year. Yeah, that was wrong. Yeah, that was horribly, horribly wrong. We said he was gone too. Yeah, no, he's really great still. We said he was gone. Fantastic. (laughs) Josh Kennedy, he's pretty good, eh? Isaac Heaney, he's fucking brilliant. Callum Mills. Dane Ramphy. He's really good. Heath Grundy's still pretty good. That tall guy I'd never heard of who's awesome. Like, <laughs> It's amazing. It really is. I mean, do you begrudge them a premiership? Like no. you're like, it's not fair? Or you're like, it's impressive. Well done. It's impressive. Well done. Like, I mean, they're the... T- and also, to be honest, in the history books, the idea of Sydney win this year... It's, the Bulldogs one sits yeah. nicely there because you go, oh, yeah, they yeah. were like a really dominant I mean, that's team, the other question I was going to ask you is, how the fuck did you guys beat Sydney? Right. We beat them this year too. Yeah. Like, I mean, You know who you are. If this is still yeah. the Game of Thrones, you're the fat guy, Sam. Yeah. You know, you're the one who actually killed the White Walker, right. although you don't know how the fuck you did yeah. it. <laughs> now you're just going to go sit in a library and look after some women with a baby. I just I just fell into one <laughs> and it died. But I guess killed a White uh, Walker. Spoilers for season three oh, yeah. of Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. We'll have to put a like, like, no, we don't. Like every episode of this podcast, we'll end up having to put a Game, <laughs> Game of, of Thrones, Thrones spoiler <laughs> warning at the start. Uh, if uh, if we're going the Game of Thrones analogy, then your yeah. your Cersei Lannisters, the people who you thought might be the evil empire that swept through it all, are your GWS, and mm. they do not look like they are 
the okay here's my conundrum right if you're gws so afl has invested heavily in this yes. all these top draft picks and stuff if gws i'm not saying they go the gold coast way but just say they stay good yes. for a number of like next next five years but they never win a flag yeah they're fucked like the only hope they have is for them to win some flags and engender some kind of loyalty and stuff around that, you know, that greater Western Sydney region. But if they don't do that, they'll fall out of the papers really quickly. I think it's a huge gamble. It's going to be really interesting to see because you can't just plant a club and have them work without success straight away. Like it hasn't happened. Maybe Melbourne Storm or an equivalent thing. They they got success within the first 10 years, didn't they? Yeah. So what you're saying is that GWS have to cheat the salary cap? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. I just think it's interesting because watching them, I was completely unimpressed. And that's not to say that they won't. But hypothetically, if they went another five years and were always thereabouts and then sort of dropped well, out of the if eight, they were Frio. Because that's what Frio did, right? Frio got to the point. Lost now, and killed her. Yeah. They get, they get to... But, and but both of those clubs, like Frio were a newer club, but you still at least have an area that you're drawing on that is a football area, yeah. right? But you know, it's one of those things where you're going, yeah, you got close, you know, you built it a bit, but you've really got to win one to cement that. You know, the older clubs like our clubs, you know, you have that sort of following that has been following them because of that. Yeah. A new club like GWS, this was always the problem with them was that they had to win one. Yeah. Of course they have to win one. And that's unfair to all the other teams in the competition. The minute you go, we're not only going to put a team here, but we are going to organize this competition in a way that they have to win a grand final because it's in our business plan that they have to. Mm. Now, it's one of those things where you're like, that's really unfair to all the other teams, but I get it from the whole AFL point of view. Yeah, yeah they have to win one. But, but I'm glad don't. it's not this year. <laughs> I'm glad it's not going to be this year. Well, who knows? I mean, this season, who knows? But I just I just think it's, if I was, if, if I was the AFL or, or looking after football in New South Wales, you'd have to get nervous in the next five years if they don't actually get one because otherwise you've got to go the hard way like if i mean brisbane's probably the best example because they got planted in a non-afl territory and then what 10 12 years before they actually got some success so yep. that's a decade of being a joke and you know really they had to take a lot of kind of fitzroy's resources and probably fans and stuff to even get like a, a, a base up there so it'll be interesting to see what happens i mean yeah, even if they win one, that's no guarantee that they'll win the hearts and the minds of the community. I think the biggest one is, to be honest, it's unfortunate that they're not going to play Sydney in this next final. Because based on last year, and then if they met them in a big final again and managed to beat Sydney or managed to have an epic contest yeah, against they Sydney, could win over some they're much, Welshmen. probably much more likely to get that Sydney rivalry going yeah. and get people interested than they are in that's the a, rest yeah, of Yeah, that's a good point, actually. That's a really good point. And this is why the AFL should just rig the finals for so the best games. Play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just make it like the wrestling. Come on, guys. <laughs> we know that Sydney will play GWS in the second week of the finals. Yeah. So Adelaide, Adelaide were good. Yeah, they, but were good. they did not excite me as much as Richmond. Okay. Well, well I mean, Sydney. I think I've put in another category. Yep. Sydney. I feel like they'll make it. Sydney are coming. Sydney are coming. But of the other contenders, Richmond. I don't know. I just uh, Adelaide. They were good, but I don't know. There's something... Uh, Richmond have that whole Richmond factor going for them. You know, there's an emotion attached to it. It's kind of like the Bulldogs, the sort of fairy tale thing that's pushing them. Adelaide has their own fairy tale. But Adelaide have a lot. You could 
write an Adelaide fairy tale. I mean, this club has suffered so much. You mm. know, they lost Bill Walsh and they've recovered from that. They uh, lost Dean Bailey, uh, like Sam Jacobs' brother uh, died. You know, it's a club that's had to overcome a lot of adversity like and a lot of, you know, really heavy stuff and have managed to kind of, you know, kept it on the field. They play an exciting brand of football. Their forward line is fantastic. Mm. But yeah, there's. I, I must admit that it's just, you go... Well, they should still be in it, and they should still be as you know, it, like you know, as likely as anybody else to at least play in the grand final. You know, yeah. they're going to play a game at home. Well, I guess I put them in between. If you're talking about like Sydney are the clinical, surgical, super yeah. professional finals proven team on one end, and Richmond are the emotional ragtag. Right. Can they get there? Because it's a big story. Adelaide, you posit right in the middle because they are kind of slick and professional, and there is a story, but they're not at either end. Of the, they're not polar opposites like the other two, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I do know what you mean. Yeah. They're, well, they're the, well, they're, they're the Daenerys then in this story because they're yes. the ones they're the ones where everyone's expected to win from yes. the start of the season. <laughs> but as it gets towards the conclusion, you're starting to go spoilers, and you start to doubt her credentials. You're like, yeah, oh, you're I don't like, know. The, the way she rules can sometimes can be a Those bit dragons seem more impressive at the start of the season <laughs> than they seem now. Eddie Vets, though, thank God. Yeah, the Eddie so Show. Everyone should have their appendix out. That's my recommendation. Makes you a better footballer. Well, I mean, is that causation or correlation? I'm looking. Well, if Rory Sloan comes back next week and <laughs> yeah, does the exact yeah. same thing, then yes. Well, I guess that's a point. I completely forgot. Rory Sloan didn't play on Friday. No that's, Sloan. That's even more impressive. Yeah. Yeah. No. So that I mean, they've got Sloan to come back into that team. You've, they've still got a lot to like. I think you know. Um, I, I think that if you're an Adelaide fan, you've still got to be pretty optimistic that you're going to play in the grand well, final. Yeah. So, I mean, you don't, apart from Sydney, you just feel like it's Sydney, feels like Sydney, uh, Adelaide, Richmond, right? They're, they're, yeah. They're your favourites? That's what it feels like to me. And that'll get us a nice angry letter from that girl who loves the cats, the cats. if they manage to turn it around. But uh, um, Let's talk about the cats. Let's talk about the cats. Um, gee. Yeah. I, I, I think Selwood was sore, clearly. I mean, he, he he probably should not have been playing, yeah. but he had a But crack. he's Joel Selwood. But he's Joel Selwood, and a half-fit Joel Selwood, it turns out, is as good as about 15 other Geelong players. <laughs> <laughs> oh, have you, got, have you got some names? Have, have you made a list? Well, um, Nathan Buckley star? It'd be easier to fucking make the list of the ones who stand up on the yeah. big stage because there's not many of them. Yeah. I mean, obviously they have in the in the past had an amazing, you know, finals record, but it's I think they're two of nine something, you know, yeah. in their latest configurations. And it And Richmond it just Richmond kept that, Richmond kept them in the game. Well, like, Richmond and it also was kicking gives terribly you that in that theory first half. That like the two man team thing, mm. I think this competition is good enough that if you have a couple of star players, they can be good enough to drag you into the finals. Yeah. But you probably need more than a couple of star players. And that doesn't mean that Jong don't have those players, but they certainly didn't step up on the night. Yeah. I mean, I thought the Guthrie injury was a big one because at that, that stage, they were still kind of in that game. And when he went off, you didn't see the immediate effects. But I think they don't have a lot of the players like that that you can Just lose during lose. a game and lose rotations. Did they? I can't remember. Sydney beat them at skill, didn't they? Uh, I think they did. Well, Sydney beat everyone, didn't they? Well, they lost After two. The, they, the first, they lost two out of sixteen. Yeah, to both to Hawthorne. Oh, they both to Hawthorne. Yeah, right. Yeah, so they must have beat them. So, and that was at skilled. Yeah. Mm. And Sydney love playing at the MCG. Yeah. And oh, they're at the SCG though, right? It'll be no. Hang on, they're coming from yeah. So it'll be yeah, it's too long time final. Yeah. So the loser of the but it won't be at skilled, right? No, it'll be at the MCG, right? 
Yeah, I think the whole idea, isn't the home final about the biggest venue in your home state? Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, they'll play at the MCG. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I mean, I want to kind of think that because Sydney's had to stay upright so long that yeah. they're vulnerable at some point throughout this long final series for them. Yeah. And that maybe a team on the right day, you know, can, can knock them off. But yeah, there is one who can. Hawthorne. They're on holidays in Bali. So if you want a team that can beat Sydney before grand final day, I would suggest you pop over to Bali, get them back on a plane and get them back to the country. Yeah, it doesn't feel like Geelong is the team to take down Sydney. Maybe if it was a different, if it was a different matchup. Maybe if it was Richmond taking on Sydney now. Maybe but. if you had a fully fit Selwood and everybody was firing, but I just can't see it. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. It's a crazy season and you just don't know. But phew, Sydney is coming. Yeah. And yeah, Geelong. I mean, Hawkins was all right early on, but he didn't have much support. It's funny. I, was, I listened to the commentary though, saying he had a really good night. He was one of the best big forwards on the ground. I barely noticed him. I thought early on he was all right. He was leading strong, but he's he was, looking very trim now, isn't he? He's got yeah. that more of that sort of mobile forwards body. Don't like it. You don't? No. You like Chubby Tommy? I like Chubby Tommy. <laughs> Plunk him in the goal square. Old school, stick that big ass out. Private school barge plug- ass. Old private school plugger. Yeah, that's what I liked. <laughs> that was the, one, the, the version I liked. He was the private school plugger. Tommy Hawkins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, fuck, man. Part of me, not no. This is a stupid thing to say, but not having a team in the finals. I, I love that I can watch this all stress free. Right. Like I've I've really got into each game of this first finals round and really allowed myself to enjoy the drama of it. Like, especially the West coast port game. Like I was cheering and on the edge of my seat and stuff, but it's nice to then walk away and not have to like jump online and read about it and, you know, analyze it. And if your team loses, just be gutted. Well, I came to that realization and I'm sorry, it's a horrible thing to say in front of your face, but you have heard me say this before, but I came to that realization at the drawn grand final. Because I just remember sitting there and like, you know, everyone talks about, oh, we've got, you know, we had to get rid of the draw grand final. It's a horrible feeling for all the fans. Nobody knows. The players don't know. And I appreciate all that. <laughs> if you are a fan or a player of either of those clubs, yes, <laughs> terrible day. But if you are not, it's like the perfect day. It's literally both teams played as well as each other and they could not split them at the end. That, that was the greatest demonstration of what football is and what a competitive match should be. I could not have asked for anything more. Thank you. I don't want a result. This is better than a result. They played all day and finished on the exact same score. Can you? It is unbelievable what we've seen. Fuck you. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, I get that. I get it. I totally get. It. I totally get it. This that game, the the West Coast Port game. I mean, for a start, did you feel like Port had it? Yes. Well, no. They got thirteen no. points up. I didn't know. I never quite felt like they had it. To be honest, like really, that, that was the problem with it. I just felt like they. Well, there was an, a good analogy one of the commentators used where they said. Um, West Coast were like a, a punch drunk fighter just swinging from the ropes. Like Port got the momentum back, but West Coast just fucking leaned back and just yep. kept swinging and occasionally would land one. Yeah. Like it was just, I mean, I feel like they stole it. Well, I, I mean, in the same way as if Conor McGregor had knocked out Floyd Mayweather towards the end, you know, you're still swinging a few. Yeah. And if you connected with one, yeah, one probably all it takes is one lucky right? punch. Yeah. And, and, and just that day, he got a few lucky shots in. And that's what West Coast felt like. But that's. That's the sort of thing that might give you a bit of momentum. You know, you steal one, you, well, you get a bit, you, a bit of a swagger. I mean, they take on GWS. 
GWS are staggering a little. And they beat them this year, I'm pretty sure, West Maybe, Coast. Maybe, yeah. I think they did. I reckon West Coast would be all right against GWS. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. Maybe West Coast are good. That'd be good. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? If that was the story of the season, Holy the West Coast shit. are actually West good. West Coast make a prelim. Oh, I mean. I mean, how good does Adam Simpson's season suddenly look? Well, better. Yeah. Like, <laughs> how, how much happier are his end of season holidays yeah. than what they were going to be two weeks ago? Yeah. I mean, they literally just snuck into the finals. Because yeah. imagine, right? Yeah. Kick A couple of kicks go the other way a, a couple of weeks ago and they don't make the finals. They end up finishing like nines or tens and it's a disappointing season and it's Western Australia and people start talking about Adam Simpson and maybe he shouldn't yeah. keep his job and stuff. Yeah. And now suddenly... They kick that enough of it. They sneak into the finals. Yeah. That gets you a bit. Yeah. So you start booking your end of season holiday. Yeah, it's, it's, then, then you've won one. You're like, <laughs> hang on. All right. I'm going to relax on the holiday. If they manage to win one more, yeah. you know. They've exceeded things. Right. I mean, I feel like Adam Simpson. Coach of the year. That's what I'm here. Invited us around for dinner and the dinner was kind of bland and dry and overcooked. But dessert was awesome. Oh, yeah. And so I was kind of like, well, you know what? Right. Dinner wasn't great. Right. But dessert was awesome. And you finished well. <laughs> and that's what I remember. I've still got the dessert on my palate. Yeah. And it tastes delicious. <laughs> I've forgotten that shocking entree you served us up earlier in the season. So do they, they get another week to get Nick Nat back? No. So they. Wasn't he close to getting back this week? Well, I mean, I don't think there's any possibility he plays in the next game. Didn't he play this weekend? I thought the whole thing was they were rushing. Do they play him fresh? He's been training, but he like the word seems to like say that preliminary final might be the first time that they would actually right. see him at AFL level if they managed to risk it. But Well, you know what? It's worth a shot. Get him playing in the twos, the Magoos this week. I mean, get him ready. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you could just unleash him. That I mean, would be amazing. That would be amazing. Like, imagine if fucking West Coast won the flag. Oh, that would off, be <laughs> off the back of Nick Natanui playing Coming two back games. In the, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that would be Smith medal. incredible. That would sum up this season. Well, it's a shame. Um, our our grand final hope that maybe uh, Essen would make the grand yeah. final and Joe would win the Norm Smith. And being presented by James Hurd. <laughs> Didn't eventually. I mean, that was the, the greatest loss out of that game. Did you think it was a bit bizarre in the broadcast they didn't show the guys getting chaired off? I mean, it was weird that Stephen Dank had run out to do that. <laughs> so I think that was why. But no, yeah, they. I mean, it was an accident, obviously. Was it? Yeah. I mean, I watched. I didn't. I watched. They went the, to the news, didn't they? Well, I didn't watch it on. I assume it's on seven. Was because I watched it on Foxtel, but I assumed it was on seven. Yeah, on, seven broadcast. No, seven went to the news, which is why Foxtel probably didn't have it because they would have just been getting the, uh, the feed. seven feed. And so um, they showed it a lot in the the next game, like yeah. in the way that they'd realised they'd done the wrong thing in the first game. I mean, what do you do though? You can't. You know, like when you forget someone's name or you get your yeah. name wrong, and then, then <laughs> you, you overcompensate heaps of other times. They were doing a version of that. They were like, "And here are them going off the ground again." So, did they get chaired off, or did no. they do? They walked off. Just walked off. What? So, I don't know. You can choose to do that. Well, I guess you can choose to do it. You can leave any way you want. Well, I mean, the can thing you moonwalk is, off? That yeah, would be amazing. I mean, I can't believe they didn't fucking carry Joe Watson off, despite the fact that he fucking carried them through all those fucking <laughs> seasons. Maybe that was it. That maybe that was his symbolic process. He looked content. I thought yeah. at the end of the game, he's like, done. He was done. Yeah, I mean, it would have been nice to sort of play in the final, but I think you know, Joe. The the fact that he came back at all and put in the year he did. Yeah, it was great. It was great that he got to, and I'm glad that he. And I actually playing. thought he was one of their better midfielders. He too. played all right, but yeah. you also didn't get the feeling that there was another year left in him. No. So it, that's the right time to go. You know, um, that club whatever success they have will owe a lot to his leadership during that time and he feels like 
He's got this cool, like I love this kind of Joe Watson life that he has where he's got like Making three coffee, cafes yeah. in like uh, Manhattan and yeah. stuff. And like, you he's know, basically he's, in girls. Right. <laughs> like he opened little, like, I mean, that's a great the central AFL. Perk. Yeah. Like I really love that Job's. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently he can't actually make coffees. Like he was saying, well, very good coffees. Right. So he was saying that he's going to have to put in a little bit more effort to make good so coffees. So what, they're his... But he has coffee shops. Right, he owns? Own. Yeah, three, I believe. My God. Yeah. Who would have thought in that? In New York. Maxie Gorn could get over there and show him a thing or two. Doesn't I mean, Maxie Gorn have the old uh, uh, he had a pop-up? Pop yeah. <laughs> he used to do one in his garage. That was a story, right? Yeah. And he would just open his garage like on Sunday mornings and do a little pop-up cafe. So millennials. I mean, it's great though that we live in a world where an AFL footballer could still do that, at least for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I guess like in the 80s, like if a fucking footballer opened his garage, you probably wouldn't want to see what was in there. But you know. Well, the other thing was footballers used to have jobs. So yeah. you just used to see them doing their job. You know, as like, we as we know, Tony Lockett was a bottle shop attendant. Right. <laughs> so imagine that idea. Like imagine that in this day and age, right? You just like pop down to the, you know, the bottle shop to get some booze for a night out. Yeah, and, and like Patty McCartan's just there <laughs> <laughs> serving you your booze. Did you know any footballers in real life? Oh, not probably not in Hayfield, I guess. No. They if they got a contract, they'd be out of there. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was rare that AFL footballers to, were based I, out of Hayfield. I saw Todd Viney was a tennis coach. I remember oh, yeah, seeing yep. him around. Um, who else did I see? There's another player. Oh, yeah, there's a football. You wouldn't remember this guy's name. is Jamie Lamb. He sold cars at okay. uh, a bright news car yard. I used to see him. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even get new cars. That's a real version of a battler where you're like, yeah, not even. Mostly, not playing, even mostly playing in the twos and only selling used cars. <laughs> Well, I think that was back in the day when if they didn't have, like, St Kilda did not have money to pay right. players. So it's like, oh, we can't pay you. We'll pay you this much for your match day, but so-and-so will give you, a, like, a cushy job selling used cars. Uh, one of the uh, things that I miss about AFL, because it feels like, you know, I mean, Chris Judd was the last of the the great sort of, you know, deals that were just clearly... Paid under the table. Yeah, like, yeah. well, the Vizzy thing. Oh, the Vizzy. The he's Vizzy a, thing. He's a, recycle, he's a recycling, he's a recycling ambassador. ambassador. And he did that press conference where it was like, so, you know, what recycling and issues uh, are you most a fan of? And he was like, well, the bins. Yeah. You put your bottles in one side and paper in the other. Yeah. <laughs> That's 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 where it starts, mate. They're the engine room of recycling, your bins. Wasn't there a rumour that Peter Bell, when he got drafted to Frio, part of the deal was, we'll, we'll, also, we'll pay you this amount and we'll also give you a McDonald's franchise. You're now the manager of a, a McDonald's and Fremantle. <laughs> right. Enjoy yeah. the profits. Yeah. By the way, uh, enjoy the profits, but you have to manage it. Yeah. You have to work <laughs> it. We couldn't, we couldn't afford to get you a manager as well. So. It's like Breaking Bad. Yeah. Here's a car wash. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, occasionally we're going to need you to launder some money for us. <laughs> uh, all right. So Can you imagine the kind of fucking under the table job Tony Cochran would get for you on the oh. Gold Coast. You're a bouncer at a strip club. No, oh, you know what it'd be? You'd be down at Movie World and the guy like dressed as Batman would be like, <laughs> would be like Tom Lynch. <laughs> I'm Tom Lynch. I'm Tom Lynch. Get me out of here. Get me out of here. <laughs> Two meter Peter plays Hightower in the police academy thing. Hang on, is that Hightower or is that. <laughs> A blacked up two meter Peter. This, I feel like this is really offensive. (laughs) (laughs) 
So we're back. We're we back. Did, we took a pause. We had a little break. In we, the we, we took a knee. We took a knee. We had half time. We had some oranges. We yeah. didn't have any oranges. Well, we had half time in 1985. We had a cigarette. Cigarette. A, a beer, pie. <laughs> a, a pie. Beer, <laughs> and washed our hair. <laughs> Uh, all right, here we go. Uh, AFL ladder. We said, Charlie, that we'd look at the next four teams to be eliminated, give our little reviews of the season. So uh, we start there at 10th place. And my team, the reigning premiers, the Western Bulldogs, disappointingly, did not make the uh, did not make the finals. Uh, the only thing that gives us uh, hope, of course, is Hawthorne. So thank you to Hawthorne, <laughs> because I think the conversations around the Bulldogs would probably be even more brutal if uh, it weren't for, for Hawthorne giving us hope for the future. But I... It feels like uh, things are fraying a little mm. uh, at the edges at the Bulldogs. Um, yeah. The Stringer thing has uh, worried me this week. The fact that uh, Damien Barrett, Purple, mm. on the footy show, uh, dropped the news that it looked like uh, Stringer, after his exit interview, uh, did not end well, mm. apparently. What and, were the details uh, of that? Well, they said, uh, you've been playing pretty shit <laughs> and no one really likes you. <laughs> and apparently that did not go well. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Here's the thing. There's so much around this story that I have no insight into, so I'm not really sure. I know he had a relationship breakup over the last couple of years and he's got young children. And as someone who, uh, you know, does a public job and at various stages, and you'd have this same experience, Mm -hmm. sometimes you're doing doing a public job, but you're going through the same shit in your life that everybody else goes through in their life and you have to kind of slap on a happy face and go to your job. Like your butler burns your toast or... Your limousine breaks down. I get it. Common man problems. Yeah, exactly. You know, the things that we have to deal with every day. You know, they can't find vegetarian foie gras. Like people, you guys get it. Relatable stuff. You know, the things that we're talking about. They're all out of your favorite brand of coconut water. When the personal barista you have at home prepares your coffee at hot rather than the actual temperature a latte should be served at, which is not quite hot. Relatable. Relatable stuff. Um, no, but the thing is, you know, you do have to struggle with these everyday things. Despite the fact that he's a famous high-profile footballer, if you're a young man going through a relationship breakup and you have got children involved, I imagine that must, um, you know, fuck with your head a fair bit. But obviously, he was all Australian, what, two years ago? He had a pretty up-and-down shit season last season when he um, got dropped, but, you know, mm. got back in and kind of kicked a, a good goal in the grand final like that was important, but didn't really star or anything. And then this season, he's been ordinary, Is to be honest. Is he the Nick Davis of the Western Bulldogs? Nick Davis famously got Sydney Swans into a grand final in 2005. Dangerous mercurial half-forward. Didn't leave on the best terms. Well, it's it's one of those things where you start to go, it'd be weird. Like, normally when somebody's that good, and he has a contract for next season, normally when somebody can be that good and they have a contract for next season, the history of the AFL clubs is you will indulge a genius whatever madness. Mm. Like, it seems so weird that apparently there's been some sort of, you know, fallout about, you know, commitment or whatever it is, you know, to an extent where they're willing to get rid of somebody that good. Like in the old days, Gary Ablett would be get given a car and when it ran out of petrol, he'd just like <laughs> leave it wherever it was and then just walk back to the club and they were like, high five, it's fine, Gary, you're awesome at footy. Like that was the old days. Like what's happening? Like Gary Ablett wouldn't have gone to his exit interview. He would not have known what the coach's name was to talk to them in the meeting. That's how we used to indulge superstars. But it feels like, I mean, maybe it's a good thing for the club. Maybe it's that thing where you're like, well, he has I, some <clears throat> trade value. He's, if it was Marcus Bontempelli, 
I think maybe the Bulldogs would be picking right. up his car from because he's left it in the city. I don't think Jake Stringer is at the level of Marcus Bontempelli or in their designs as much as Marcus. You lose a Marcus Bontempelli. Marcus Bontempelli has an attitude issue. That's a fucking huge problem. Someone who's a step down from that, I think, well, you look at options to trade. Marcus Bontempelli does have an attitude issue. This is the problem. He is too nice. <laughs> it's actually a big issue. He really got waylaid this year. A lot of time just helping old women across the street, rescuing neighborhood puppies. Who's he the- literally missed training three times because he found a kitten, like one of those photocopied things about a missing kitten. And he personally tracked down <laughs> that kitten using his grand final resources and extra money he had. I mean, he's actually a real hero. Who's that uh, Bulldogs player who on that footy trip told everyone they were going to die on the Robert plane? Robert Get him down to mentor Bont into being a bit more of a prick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe that's what, maybe this is what we need though. Like maybe, you know, with Mark Williams, he was the guy who kind of famously, you know, turned Dusty around a bit. You know, they got someone who understood him, someone who had a bit of that in them themselves yeah. and could indulge them, right? And Dusty says his relationship with Dane Swan has also been really good for him. You know, it's actually been like someone he can talk to and someone he's a bit more like. Yeah. Maybe that's what we need at the Bulldogs. Maybe this whole Bevo approach is great mm. for your Marcus Bontempelli. Yeah. It's great for your Bob Murphys. Yeah. But you know who it's not great for? Yeah. Your package. Yeah. Right? you got to get your Gronowagen down. Alan Jakovic. Right. you got to get Alan, Alan Jakovic. He'd be a perfect mentor. They're the same player. Alan Pakovic. <laughs> That's what we call him. We get him back to the club. I mean, that's what we need, right? Yeah. Because that's what I think. That's the way. Let Stringer be Stringer. Yeah. We, but we need Stringer's to, got a string, baby. Right. But we've got to keep him away from the other players, <laughs> right? We've got to quarantine him so he has his own personal coach. And he never... Oh, much like in the movie It, right? The new movie It they've made of Stephen King's uh, novel, um, Bill Skarsgård who plays the evil clown Pennywise, he didn't let the kids see him in the Pennywise outfit until they were going to film stuff because he wanted their reactions to be real to the horror that was happening. That's what it should be like with Jake Stringer. So we keep String, we keep the package away from the other players during the week and then like on the day, they just unleash him because that's what we need. We, we need his madness on the day, but we don't need it infecting the club during the week. What's your personal preference? If it is an attitude problem, do you want them to give him another year to try and sort it out? Do you think that the Bulldogs is a strong, strong enough club that they can get him to, to straighten up and fly right? I would l- like to hope that the Bulldogs are a good enough club that you, you can re- fix whatever the relationship is and turn it around. Because players who have the ability that he has, we don't have a heap of them down at the Bulldogs. And so... You've got to think that whatever has happened, whatever relationship breakdown there has been, like of a premiership player, like mm. you've got to be on it. Like a year after the premiership, a premiership player has had a breakdown who's contracted and all Australian premiership players had a breakdown with the club to the point where they're thinking about trading that player. Then there's got to be more going on behind the scenes than you. Well, you've got to trust that the club's just not going, we're going to get rid of someone as good as that, that we can't fix it. Yeah. I mean, I mean Bevo, sort of, of all what, people, you know? But, Bevo should write him a poem or cut his hair for him or something. I was taking the opposite approach. Just, you know, there's that story about like Alfred Hitchcock. When he started a new film, he would hire someone for him to fire in front of everyone oh. so he could be like, I'm the boss. Uh-huh. Like if Jake Stringer, if his attitude problem is towards Bevo, if he's undermining yeah. Bevo, like maybe when Bevo is doing like his pre-match address, like he's like, and I want you to, uh, you know, uh, set up a zone in the back of, Jake, 
Did you just make fun of me? Did you make fun of me? If it's that kind of shit, right. then Bevo has to put his foot down and get him out of the club. Well, maybe they just need to bring in Alfred Hitchcock style, another player. Oh, for him to fire. That's for him perfect. to fire, to okay. teach him a lesson. And you've got one already, Travis Clark. Exactly. The perfect. <laughs> All right. Finally, we know why they recruited him. So could... uh, Wouldn't it be great if it came out in Bevo's biography that he writes? Uh, <laughs> My big plan was to get Travis Cloak across to the club to fire him in front of Jake Stringer as an incentive. But the whole thing kind of felt... <laughs> he was a nice guy and we kind of liked him. Uh, I think you guys get a pass mark for this year. Just, maybe. Just, but only because of what you did last year. Yeah. Next year, it's going to be... If you have a, if you miss the finals next year, then yep. that's fucking that's a fail. disaster. And it's, then, a more, it's more than a fail. It's a fucking disaster. We accept that Hawthorne dropped out. Yep. After 2008 for a year, and then fought their way back in. If you guys have one year out, I think that's fine. It's a hangover. Yep. But if you don't, it's who knows. <sighs> Absolutely. You may be back to where you were before the premiership. I mean, up my in heart, terms of your my heart's already back there. Yeah, really. <laughs> my body's already oh, back God. there. And, you know, the weight of the world on my shoulders is already back there. <laughs> oh, I'm. There is a part of me that's like. Because then you have to start going, even this conversation about Stringer is like part of the joy of having premiership players is you don't have to worry about them going to other clubs or wanting to yeah, be somewhere else. Yeah. Or they, they're like, you know, they want to stay and you, you know they're good. And then you start to go, oh, like I heard someone on the radio the other day going, well, Bevo fucked it this year. It's his game plan and he fucked it. And I was like, that feels a bit quick to be turning on Bevo. <laughs> I feel like with what Bevo did last season that we should at least give him like a whole season <laughs> of like trying something else because the last thing he tried worked really well for us. So give him – but if it then is two seasons in a row, if we miss the finals two years in a row, mm. I mean you can't sack your premiership coach from two years ago, but you start to go – Oh, hang on, do we have the right game plan? It's the Ross Lyon yeah, thing, yeah, right? Yeah. You suddenly get to that point where people go, oh, well, maybe maybe we do. I it mean, feels like I don't want to I don't want to think that. It feels like you guys need to do a bit of a Hawthorne as well and trade aggressively. Like I feel like you maybe need to you need to get some ready-made players in. I don't think going to the draft is the right thing for you. You need to get some like good 25-year-old 50-plus game players in. Oh, we absolutely do. And I just don't really hear that we're in the conversation for any of them. <laughs> yeah. Like, Lever, but like... Won't Lever, even answer your calls. Lever, in a circumstance that wasn't even required, just ruled us out. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's still entertaining other offers. He hasn't signed at Adelaide. Chances are he is going to leave. But the one thing he has confirmed <laughs> on the record is he will not be going to the Bulldogs. Like, what the fuck? We won the premiership last year. And you're like, no, that's the one. The one that he... I might stay... And I might go, but here's what I can guarantee, 100% I am not doing, playing for the Bulldog. <laughs> That's so insulting. Yeah. There's no way I will play for that club that desperately needs a player like me yeah. and I could fit into that lineup and play finals consistently. No. I feel like the Bulldogs have turned up to take Jake Lever out and they're just standing outside the door and they hear Jake Lever talking to his parents really loudly saying, there is no way I would have... And the Bulldogs, their flowers, there's this little wilt in front of them. They just shuffle, up, shuffle back to their car. I mean, seriously. How can that be? <laughs> That's insulting. It's insulting. <laughs> It's disrespectful. It's pretty funny. <laughs> you guys are the ducky. You're the ducky of the AFL. Yeah. We're in the friend we zone. We like you, but fuck yeah. off, friend dude. zone. We got Come friend on. zone. Who do you think you are? <laughs>
uh, by yeah. Jake Lever. Uh. And so I don't know who that person is. I mean, there's a talk. A so what do you know? What, there's a bit you, of talk you, about you need, tr- you need Tring, Tring, Tring Grove out of Port Adelaide. Yeah, he'd, he'd be good. Mm, he'd be okay. But it'd be great to get someone better. You need like a Michael Hurley type. You need yes. like a Jake Carlisle type. Yeah, you do though. You need one of those players where you go... Going big, to big club. versatile backman yeah. is what you guys need. Yeah. So Adams though, right? Not just not. Oh, he's skillful good. enough. No, he's good. But like, I mean, he's he was always a player who fought hard to get into the system. He just doesn't need to be your main man. He'll do a great job for you. But right, he, can't. he, need, like, he a needs star. to take his second defender. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. yeah. You need an Alex Rance. Yeah. So then is he available? Do you think? I, I mean, Richmond well, who can't have that much money left, right? <laughs> oh, that'd be great. But that is the way I would just imagine if it just came that'd out be of very blue. Very <laughs> That'd be very Richmond. Uh, who's the next team? <clears throat> All right. Uh, Melbourne, uh, the new Richmond, Melbourne <sighs> coming in ninth. Well, you touched on it last week, and I've been thinking about it a lot. What a great point is that Melbourne snuck up and became this year's villain. Yeah. Really did a great job. And because I was sort of like annoyed with Melbourne this year, but then when you framed it like that for me, I'm like, you know what? They were great. Yeah. They were the villain we wanted. They were they were the Cobra Kai we thought GWS were going to be. Yeah, exactly. They had the attitude that we wanted kind of GWS to kind of strut. They mm. had the strut. They just could not back it up. And, you know, you need that in a season. I know for Demons fans, I I saw a few Demons fans online who are taking, it's fair to say, have been hurt, Charlie, by what's happened. Uh, to those people, I would say every season needs a story like this. And sometimes you're that story, mm. you know? But it always feels like in the last decade, at least, Melbourne is that story. Yeah. Get used to it. <laughs> That's what happens when you bloody threaten people on social media. Yeah. You get your comeuppance. Yeah. Turns out. Comes your way. If you're going to argue with fans in the crowd. Yeah. That's going to come back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Clayton Oliver, gun. Yeah, absolutely. Absolute gun. I mean, well, they're full of like. Guns, but I mean... Bad attitudes. That, I bun- mean... Bun- bunch of terrible exit interviews. Clayton, Clayton Oliver is like a weedy redhead. Mm. Gun, like superstar. Love watching tough him play as, football. Tough as a cat's head. Right. But that moment when he went at Damian Martin about, you know, that cricket shot he fucked up, you were just like, you guys may be getting a little ahead of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But this may come back to haunt you. Damian Martin's Western Australian. Who does he barrack for? I bet he barracks for... Maybe he barracks for West Coast. Who does Damian Martin barrack for? I'm going to look it up. Well, what was the game that he commented on? Where he I mean, it might have been a West Coast game, right? Like, so he'd be fucking... I wonder if he's been tweeting back at uh, Clayton Oliver now that he's <laughs> uh, AFL. Well, he That's would have what? last week as well when they beat right. Adelaide. Uh, <clears throat> so... Uh, in a, a Twitter spout with former cricketer Damian Martin during the Melbourne West Coast yeah, game. So, so Melbourne, fan. yeah. So Damian Martin's a West Coast oh Eagles supporter. Yeah. Oh, it's all. Clayton Oliver's closed his account. How many times do you reckon after a couple of drinks, Damian Martin recently has reached for the phone? <laughs> Just been like, when will this moment come? Uh, so, where do you put their season? Now, I, for me, I felt like. The whole discussion at the start of the year was St Kilda or Melbourne, which one's going to jump up there? Right. Neither of us has done it. They've finished slightly higher than us, out on half a percent or whatever it was. So is this a pass for them, considering the yeah, team? I, I, yeah, it's a pass. I, no, I think as long as they make the finals next year, they, they would have been disappointed they didn't make the finals this year. But if they make the finals next they year... They had enough good stuff. They had enough, enough exciting moments this year. Big scalps. And they finished on a score. They beat Adelaide got, in Adelaide. They finished on a score that got a team 
into the grand into the finals. finals okay. So you know you've you've got to say that's a pass. Yeah, yeah. What do you think of Simon Goodwin? <laughs> yeah, I reckon. All right, get tougher, Goodwin. You got a bunch of brats running around. I don't know. I reckon he likes it. Do you? Yeah, I reckon he's. I reckon he's into it. I reckon that's part of the he problem. He wasn't that as a player, though. He wasn't like a study kind of player, was he? No, but I think that's why he likes it. He admires it in others. Yeah. They have a confidence that he didn't himself possess, you know. Uh, all right. Uh, and the two teams that got eliminated, obviously, uh, Essendon and uh, Port Adelaide. So what do you say about... Big tick to Port uh, to Essendon Essendon, this year? Essendon have got to be happy with that. Great year. To make finals. And look, there's, there's a couple of players there. Like, I mean, Heppel... Did not have a, a great, great season, no. I don't think. Oh, sorry, yeah, well, season. I, he yeah. didn't have a great game, but he also, I don't think he had a great season. I think he probably no. had a good season, but he... and Goddard was quiet as yeah. well. Well, Goddard, you feel like, is towards the end. Um, Heppel, I reckon, still got better footy in front of him. I reckon he'll just warm up, back up into it, I'd say. So I reckon he'll be a better player. They have year. guns. Like, I mean, Hurley's a gun. Dan has a gun. Um, yeah. Zach Merritt's a gun. They missed Tip Hooker, Woody. obviously. Tip and Woody, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was shut out of the game completely yesterday, though. Well, a lot of their guns looked ordinary because yeah. Sydney were just all over them Sydney, everywhere. Sydney is coming. I mean, it just got to the point where you were just like, yeah. they can't even kick it in the field. I think if I was an Essen supporter, you'd have to be happy with this season. And and I love the emergence of Joe Danaher. It's funny. It feels like all those criticisms of him at the start of the year seem so long ago now. Now it's like he's just so great to watch. I mean, he played really well. Kicked, was it three goals something? 3-1 or something? Yeah, he was good. And by the way, have you seen the mini the legends? Mini, yeah. Joe Danaher one where he like, surprises the kid? Yeah. Oh. I mean, I'm like, damn you, bank. I know what you're doing, major bank. But it got me. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it. Yeah. No, it's a pass mark for me, Will. All right. And uh, Port Adelaide, the Port Adelaide power. I don't fucking know. I don't know how I felt about Port at the start of the year. I can't even remember if I tipped him for the eight or not. Um, Jeez. This is what I'm, you know, I was talking about GWS at the start of the show. Like if GWS go this entire stretch and like, if this keeps happening, they've been in the window now for four years and they haven't gone better than that prelim from five years ago. Oh, okay. So how about this? There's been a bit of talk around that Ken Hinckley might get offered the Gold, Gold Coast. Coast job because he was coaching at Gold Coast and apparently he's very much admired up yeah. there. Uh, Koshi, is that the sort of arrangement, do you think, that there is any value in Port Adelaide getting a new fresh set of eyes in at Port Adelaide and Hinkley goes up to the Gold Coast and coaches it, up there? If it's Paul Ruse, <clears throat> Yeah. <laughs> What if it's not Paul Roos? What if it's like a young, like, I mean, you know. Like one of their assistants or something. Yeah. Or like a Rob Harvey or I mean, Stuart, Blake Caras- Stuart Dew. I think uh, Blake Carousel is getting rave reviews for his stuff he's done at Richmond. He's like, everyone's, is he's it the new Richmond? darling? I don't I think know. He's, I, think, I think he's the one behind Hardwick that they all think Maybe. is like. I mean, I do feel like they, they seem a bit stale. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. No, I mean, I, I didn't expect you to actually know the answer to that question. I was asking you a hypothetical, Charlie, in what the spirit of our football banter podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what's your, what's your, what do you feel? I just think there might be some value you in that. You love Ken Hinckley, though. I do You've like Ken Hinckley. You've got some strange like, affection for Ken Hinckley. Well, if I can't get the Dirty Dozen up to the Gold Coast, I'd like to get Ken Hinckley up there. I think Ken Hinckley is like... I don't know, though. He couldn't turn Porter around. What's he going to do with that fucking dumpster fire? No, nah, I reckon Ken Hinckley is more the guy you actually need with young men up on the Gold Coast. I don't think Ken Hinckley likes some... I don't. He's not your kind of showbiz Gold Coast. He's your kind of ordinary farmer in his gum boots sort of attitude to the Gold Coast. And yeah, I think, but give it six months, he'll have like a fake tan, gold chains, he's wearing like white leather shoes. I mean, that'd call be me great. Kenny. 
Yeah, it's Kenny Hink- Hinkley. Hinkos. Hinkos. <laughs> He's got a <laughs> big age, gold age. <laughs> I'd love to see Ken Hinkley go Gold Coast. That'd be amazing. Yeah, Tony Cochran offers him the job, but with one proviso. Yeah. We've got to jazz you up a bit. Yeah. And they bring gonna, in Warwick Capper as his Gold Coast consultant. They're going to pay him under the table by giving him a franchise of solariums. Because right. <laughs> they're still not le- un- le- uh, not illegal on the Gold, Gold Coast. Coast yeah. They got an exemption. Uh, all right. Yeah, so it's a, a, fuck, I don't know, a C. A C. All right. Uh, yeah, about the same from me. All right, we should finish this up. Uh, finish this up <laughs> yeah. uh, in a minute uh, because we have to record our other podcast TOEFOP um, uh, it's like this podcast but we don't talk about football quite as much um, uh, you can find all our podcasts at TOEFOP.com uh, there's one I do called Philosophy where I interview people and uh, there's another one called FOFOP which is kind of like TOEFOP but when Charlie's not there so that's like other comedians and uh, we have a Patreon page yes Patreon.com forward slash TOEFOP so Patreon it's a uh, basically like a crowdfunding site that helps us pay for things like uh, Mike Hal, who cuts a show and puts it together. Um, when we do live shows, it pays for airfares and stuff like that. It's not really an income for us. We don't take any money no. from it, but it's just a way we keep the show coming out each week. We do have a sponsor now, but it doesn't mean that we don't uh, appreciate when you contribute to our Patreon yeah. because that that means we have like a regular thing uh, which means that we can pay people regularly yeah. and say things to them like, you can still be producer of our show in two months when our sponsor goes away. So uh, it is really important. Um, and uh, we use all the money uh, we get from the podcast at the moment to actually just put on and do and grow the podcast. So uh, it, yeah, we appreciate your support. Uh, we are doing some live shows of TOEFOP at the... Uh, uh, I'm not even sure if I'm allowed to say those words. That's right. It's been a very... very- they're very yeah. at the Swans Opera House. Yeah, at the place that's near. Hey, <laughs> if you if you go to the Harbour Bridge, yeah, you've gone too far. Yeah, <laughs> can't say where it is. At the Idney Sopra House. That's good. I don't. I think that's fine. I think you're allowed to say that. But anyway, we're doing two of those. One of them sold out, but there's a couple of tickets left uh, for the Saturday night show. It's called Tofop, and they're big live shows, huge live guests, a um, whole bunch of comedians, a whole bunch of who we also can't name. Yeah, we can't name them either, but. <laughs> They're all real Trust good. Us. I know it sounds like this yeah. sounds like something Tony Cochran would tell you. Yeah. One late. Oh, one we got heaps of good night. players yeah. coming. No, no. This is true. I can't we tell actually, you who they are. <laughs> we're but actually doing these shows. We've got great people going to be there. Yeah, we're just restricted. It turns out in what we can say. Now, it turns out the way we found that out was by saying some stuff, <laughs> and then finding out that we shouldn't have said that stuff. So if you go back to when we said that stuff, all the information you need is probably there. But anyway, point is, <laughs> play on not fifteen. Well. Yeah, well, look, we realised we needed to come back because we didn't give any tips for next week. So, I know how much you all (laughs) rely on those tips. Well, much like uh, the game on the weekend, Charlie, we have put in some extra time after the siren. Uh, but it turns out it was because we didn't do the thing that we do at the end of every show, which is look at next week's game and talk about them. So uh, here's what we've got. On Thursday night, <laughs> uh, we have the Adelaide Crows up against the uh, GWS Giants. That is in Adelaide at the Adelaide Oval. No, what? Oh, Adelaide, it wouldn't be Adelaide. It'd be West Coast. Sorry, that's, that was this weekend that just happened. Sorry, I was literally <laughs> looking at that. <laughs> We're terrible at this. We're giving tips for last week. I think uh, Adelaide will win that one, Charlie, uh, quite comprehensively. Uh, and then um, I, t- I think we actually got – oh, no, we didn't pick uh, – we 
Did I tipped Adelaide last week. Yeah, but we we didn't pick uh, Port Ad- uh, West Coast, did no, we? No, no, no. We said who cares? We didn't even bother reviewing it. Well, I mean, technically, that's a win then. <laughs> uh, who cares is also extra time. That's what we were saying. <laughs> Uh, we won't care about the main body of the game, but we'll care about the extra bit. Okay, sorry, here it is. Friday night. Friday night is the first game, of course. Uh, it is the Geelong Cats up against the Sydney Swans. Sydney. At the MCJ. Sydney. Sydney, yeah. I'm going to say Sydney as well. And uh, Saturday, September the 16th at 7.25, uh, from Spotless Stadium, uh, GWS Giants take on the West Coast Eagles. I don't know. It's Interesting. Part of me feels like West Coast going to win this. You know what? I'm going to fucking put it all on black. We'll put it all on blonde and say West Coast. And that's my luck of the week. Oh my god! I mean, what a story this would be for the podcast. I think if it, you, yeah, the person who's had doubting less Thomas. I mean, this is the moment in the movie you need, though, yeah, yeah. where the person the whole time has been like, no, I don't believe in them. Yeah. And then suddenly it just pans onto you and you stand up and start that the slow, slow clap. hand clap. Yeah. Going, I believe. Yeah. I believe in yeah. West Coast. And yeah. then all the players see you, yeah. the person who's doubted them the most, and then they believe. Yeah. But I'm going to say GWS. Um, all right. That's, that's it. it. <laughs> Excellent. Press the end. Stop. We are two. Yeah. Hi guys, it's us from our other podcast, TOEFOP, where we remember we probably should pug the gig that we're doing with the guys from the Junk Time AFL podcast. It's the day after the AFL Grand Final. Uh, none of our teams are in the AFL Grand Final this year, but it's at four o'clock at the European Beer, Beer Cafe, Cafe and um, it's, it's selling really quickly. Yeah, very it's, quickly. It was such a fun day last year. I mean, obviously I... Had had a pretty big weekend, but I am uh, very much looking forward to the show again uh, this year. It's, uh, hopefully, one of those things, if we sell it out every year, that it might become a bit of an institution. So, uh, that's yeah. an awesome podcast, Junk Time. Uh, this is more for the guys who are now listening to this on the footy <laughs> podcast. Check out Junk Time. Check out The Outer Sanctum. We are to go.